Gentlemen, start your engine. Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, radio hotter. Thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry, my little uh, um, technical um, goodies. Radio hotter. Oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. G'day viewers and welcome to another episode of Radio Hot Lap. Actually episode 15 and a half. Just one in the middle of the weekend and here we are at Mount Buller. With me was my uh, sometimes regular co-host Linda Long. What have you been doing sneaking out to a WRC round in Monte Carlo to buy shoes? Oh well you know me John, you rang me and I just had to go shopping so I went over there, saw all the boys, did a few things, bought the shoes on the way back, came home for a day, came down here to Mount Buller to have a bit of a play. What about you? Well, I came down for a bit of a play too with uh, my uh, partner in crime, Mark Bryant, in the uh, Sunoco Camaro. And your listeners, it's been a big weekend. They're viewers, mate. They're listeners, I keep telling you, listeners. Mark, I'm sorry. Anything, sorry, mate, they converted me and I'm now saying you it, so. Convert me, <laughs> we'll do our best. <laughs> Joining us today at Mount Buller in the Abom uh, Lounge, we have Gavin Bullis, who ran a GT3 today. Hello, Hello everybody. Good. It's been sensational. We've had a great weekend. We have. Yeah, come in the top ten. More about that in a sec. Also with Jeff Swart from Colorado. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Hey. Wonderful to have an international yeah, guest with us here. Good to be here. And uh, your co-driver Steve Shrek. Yeah. yeah. How you going? Well, you guys have got no motorsport experience between you at all, <laughs> viewers. We've got uh, Jeff has uh, done only twelve. 12, is it 12 um, Pikes Peaks, won six of them, and also the Baja 1000. Yep. Done a bit of American Le Mans series stuff, saw that you've been down around the streets of Miami. Yep. Yep, been down there too. <laughs> Hard Rock Cafe around the corner, all good. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Gav, you've got a bit of motorsport experience too. Yeah, my background's a little motorcycle stuff though, so... Mr. Yeah. Motocross himself, uh, no doubt. 20 years of uh, motocross experience, I suppose. So. How's your scaphoid bones? My, no, they're, they're fine. It's the collarbones and the fingers that aren't real good. So. <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> well, before we get on with our sort of mid-weekend mid, uh, show, uh, beers. As usual, oh. I'm having a, a Cooper's Pale Ale. Well, what I'm are you actually, having? I'm actually on the Heineken, but it's not really. I need to catch up, obviously. Well, Jeff, you're having one of those um, one of those uh, American beers, I can Yeah, say. that's right. Yeah, moose, it's very that light. Beer or something? <laughs> What's that moose beer, Canadian one? That's the beer you have when you're not having a beer. Ah, okay. <laughs> I'm educating you. So, what else has been happening this weekend? We've had the most amazing weekend, haven't we? I mean, we've come down to Mount Buller, or up to Mount Buller, I should say, getting it right. We started off on uh, Thursday. Yes, Australia Day. Great celebrations down in the town of Mansfield. And as I've said before, an amazing history with the town of Mansfield, which is actually part of the famous Ned Kelly, one of their major shootouts, and shot a lot of police and ran around around down there. So we've been at our little prologue, which is what they do to send us around the streets of Mansfield to work out our starting orders for this event. So we've had a pretty exciting... I know I had a pretty wild ride in the first one and set off my drive down and told him behave and you don't have... Five goes at a corner, you have one. So we got that down pat, so I think he was all right. And you two, you and Mark were pretty exciting around there, weren't you? Lighten it up off the line. Pops John. <laughs> it was his fault. 
Was that actually a planned manoeuvre? Yes, yours? it was a planned manoeuvre. Or was, was it just, just spectator value? No, nah, it was just spectator value. We just basically filled the tank as full as we could. And on the old car, we've got the breather on the top of the petrol cap. So what have we done? We've gone across the finish line on fire. Literally. <laughs> Literally yeah, that was the first. Uh, that was the first run of the weekend. The, uh, the the firefighting guys came out, spat the dummy, said we're going to have to close down the whole event if you do that again. And, and the quick and the quickest run, aren't you? <laughs> 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 the fastest run the whole weekend. Yeah. It was. The, it was. How, the how did it work, Mark? You had flames in the rear vision mirror, so you decided that you'd try and outrun them. That's right. I was trying to get away from yeah. them. Yeah. Slowed down. The worst thing that happened was the flame was going to catch a leap into the petrol tank. That was all right for us for the weekend. So just keep ahead of the flames. Exactly. So we've actually had a very interesting weekend. It's been extremely warm up here at Mount Gola, which we've. I know from last year it was like this, and the downside of that is, is because the um, the road to the mountain is actually made from an alpine mix to for the cold weather, which is great in the snow. Um, unfortunately, in this heat, and when you've got a uh, hundred and thirty odd cars running over it, we actually destroy the road, and st- it starts to melt, and the road actually oozes, the tar oozes out, and it goes all over the road, so it makes it extremely slippery and slidey, not to mention that it sticks onto everyone's tyres, so we don't have groove tyres anymore, we have slicks. Yep, there's so no valiant tear in the road up, No, and all the council would hate us. Well, they would, but unfortunately because of it, there's been a fair bit of carnage, unfortunately, but that happens with every event, but we've had a few cars off. Let's, let's, let's start off on a positive stuff. <laughs> start off on a positive stuff. Well, what is the positive? Well, there's well, been the lots posi- of positives. The positive the stuff is we've got all these night. wonderful people. Yeah, you got the lamb roast on your bonnet this I morning did, for not turning yeah. up to dinner. I got in trouble. <laughs> let's slip over to Pike's Peak and yes, find out about how the bitumen is over there. Yes. Well, Jeff, you've arrived at the event and you're effectively the, the, our brand ambassador to go back to the states and, and that's and, true and, and uh, tell everyone how wonderful it's been how wonderful has it been yeah it's been a terrific week and uh really enjoyed coming over here and it's probably been uh, an eye-opener in a number of ways first of all the quality of the field quality of cars that are here uh, it's pretty stunning to be running with the porsches and lamborghinis and everything else that runs here that is uh, an amazing group of uh, cars not to mention uh, the Mitsubishis and Subarus that run here, rally cars. I guess I'm a little more used to running against rally cars, but to uh, follow a Lamborghini down the road, that's a pretty cool sight. So <laughs> I really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, for me to show up here and run the little uh, Lotus Elise and have uh, such a good time in it, and uh, once I figured out what side of the car to sit on and how all that worked up, worked, uh, really enjoyed the car. The car was amazingly quick in the corners. I could have used a little more... Uh, horsepower getting up the mountain, but I really enjoyed it. Well, we're really well, glad to have you. Moose, yeah. yeah, go oh, on. Moose, yeah, well, it was Moose. Why did we come up with Moose, John? Well, because I, we thought, he, I thought, thought he was, was from Canadian. Canadian, so it's just stuck. So it's just stuck. So <laughs> Moose, I, I've heard during the event you talk a little bit about what goes on in Pikes Peak. I don't think we appreciate how the event is run. Could you run through a little bit of, the, of the, yeah. how you actually stage the event? Because you were talking about how you, you run the bottom half and yeah. the top half, and then you never get to run the whole event. Yeah. Just let the listeners know a little bit about that. Yeah. yeah. Pikes Peak is a high-pressure kind of situation, uh, first of all, because uh, about uh, there's 156 turns, and probably 50 of them have a 1,000-foot drop-off. Uh, we drive above the tree line, so we have not many markers to uh, kind of drive off of. You're driving against blue sky. There's even a corner called blue sky. And you kind of have to, uh, you know, suck it up and go for it. But the thing that makes it really kind of interesting is having a... <laughs> having a... Having a uh, <laughs> 
These guys are all distracted here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. We won't go ahead. You actually think we're distracted? There's some pretty good-looking women in Australia. Yeah, there are. There is. There's some nice angles to look at them from. Oh, so. There's more. Try to describe this for the listeners. Excuse me, boys. No, no, boys. Back on the topic. Thank you. Well, the thing about Pike's Peak is that we practice the bottom, then we practice the top, then we qualify a mix of mix of the two, and actually the first time that you run the complete run, the 12 and a half miles, 156 turns, is on race day, and you get one single run. So it's, it's an interesting kind of pressure deal, because you have to put it all together on that one run, and because of the mountain, starting at about 7,000 feet and finishing at 14,110 feet. The weather is entirely different at the top than it is at the bottom. We can leave in complete sunshine and heat in the bottom and end up in hail at the top. You have to make tire decisions and everything because you do not get a second chance. And that makes it an extra pressure event. So Jeff, how long does it take from the bottom to the top? Well, you know, there's all sorts of cars that run there. Rod Millen has the record in an unlimited car, which was basically full ground effects, 900 horsepower, very lightweight uh, Toyota Celica, and uh, he did it in 10.04. Uh, I've run an open class. I run around 11 and a half minutes in that, and in the Porsche production class, which uh, I've actually had even more success in, was uh, we've run about 12 minutes and 15 seconds, and this is in an event that's 12 and a half miles long. So over a 60 mile an hour average with uh, a 13 first gear hairpins and a standing start. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Wow. I was just, I was just thinking that Millen record was break, breaking the area that minute. Yes. That uh, was 11 years or something. Yes, that, that, brought, that brought down that record uh, by nearly a minute yeah. when it happened and uh, it has stayed a record since 1994. Well, this is pretty good because we've got to clear up something that our host over there, Johnny Hart, made a statement about two episodes ago about Walter Rule. Yeah, <laughs> as usual, viewers, I screwed up. He screwed it up. As soon as I heard it, I had to ring him up and tell him he screwed it up, but Jeff's confirmed that for us. Yes. So well done. Yes. It was a climb dance, and it was a. And it was climb dance. You guys are very familiar with yeah. that uh, that uh, video that was available, and it is a fantastic video of Ari going up the mountain. And but uh, currently, uh, Rod Millen has the record there. So. And speaking of video, you're familiar with. I believe you met uh, Peter Brock himself yesterday. Yes, I did. Spent a little bit of time with him on the course, and then a little bit of time at dinner last night. So. <laughs> I got to meet one of the Australian legends. So you've been getting the mobile ads over there, but you can't understand what they're about. No, we're still trying to figure that out. But now that I've actually sat next to him and seen his lips move, I may have a chance. <laughs> so that'll be the second Australian you're used to now. Probably third, Greg Norman and Paul Hope. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so Gab, tell us about your weekend. We've had a reasonably good weekend. We um, we start off in the prologue. Um, running a GT3, which is Jim Richards' old Nations Cup car. And um, we ran the prologue. I think we ended up somewhere around about 12th or 13th with that. And that puts you on the uh, starting 12th or 13th last because they reversed the grid here at Mount Buller. So you go down to the bottom and you, if you qualified sort of 12th or 13th, you start 12th or 13th last and follow the rest of the field up, which doesn't work too bad because they get to clear the road and, and wash all this gravel off. That's what you guys are good for. In that's what well, we're there for. We <laughs> <laughs> always do. Just yeah, spend a lot of time getting crap off the road. And um, first, first run was reasonable. Um, we had a little issue with the timing, but we got, it, got through that and 
Um, we had a wet run for the second run, which everybody knows, and it was very, very slippery. Yeah, that was interesting. Wasn't it? And uh, it sort of pushed everybody's times out by, you know, 40, 50 seconds for a while there. And you actually didn't know at the time it was accumulated, did you? No, I didn't. I thought it was just the quickest run up the mountain you had eight goes at it. So I sort of took it a bit easy on that wet run, which I shouldn't have done. And uh, that pushed me back a little bit. But we ended up finishing 10th overall for the weekend. And Mate, that's very good for you, for your first, first attempt at it. Yeah, and, thanks. Um, it's, uh, it's really good. It's certainly better than your result in the Utes. Oh, no, 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 it's not. <laughs> oh, don't say that. Yes, no, the Utes we, Utes, we had a good year last year. We ended up ninth. We had a few issues in the last three Cheers, meetings. Cheers, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Cheers, mate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're having one. Oh, no, I don't. Oh, you'll go on my shoes. Mate, I've got to drive. I've got to get on a plane. I've got to get on a plane. I've got to get on a plane. You've got to get on a plane because you've got to get on another plane to Sweden. How are you? Sweden. Sweden. Well, we've got the World Championship round next week in Sweden, so guess who gets to go? This poor little black duck, which is so tough. And you told me we're only coming up here for a barbecue. This was it. Well, that's exactly what's happened for me. This is my sort of break between Monte Carlo last weekend. I've got this one as my barbecue this weekend. Yeah. Which I thought I'd go fast, you know, have go, go fast in the car with, and then I've got uh, Sweden next weekend, and then after that I just I don't know where I'm at. I haven't looked at calendar. Mate, you were going fast when you were going backwards the other day. We did. We did an awesome spin, I tell you. That was a cracker, and I actually was having a little bit of a chuckle because it was right centred in the road, and I thought this will be all right. This will be fine. And he's got it pointed in the right direction, heading back up the hill. But what he hasn't realised, poor darling, is um, the wheel's full lot left. And even though the wheel's centred, he's gunned it, and we've gone bang straight in the wall. Ouch. <laughs> but that's matter racing, and it's a very hard lesson, but it was a lesson learned. And Abe Tuckett, my driver for the weekend, had a wonderful weekend learning. He's going to do the rest of the um, Tarmac Series this year, and I wish him all the best because he's been a pleasure to sit next to. Good on you, Abe. And, um, yeah, he's, yeah, he's done a you'll, good job. You'll he's do well, nice Abe. Really I think well. he will do well, even though he lives in Asia. <laughs> oh, Chopper's weather report. Yeah, yes, let's just keep on going. For those of you who don't know, he doesn't actually. He lives in Perth, but you know, we call that Asia. East Coast people, that's Asia. That, so that's Chopper's Asia. But um, let's let's just put a little light on what happened with a couple of cars going back down the mountain. Yes. Oh, oh now oh, that it's uh, that a bit of brain fade going on there. Yeah. It's actually a good lesson for people to learn. Yeah. A really good lesson for people. There was to learn. a uh, suit just for all of. Viewers or listeners. Oh, we've got so, no, no, no. Viewers, so, viewers don't exist. Anyway, what happened yesterday was that because all the guys drove back up after one of the stages where there was an accident, everybody picked up some uh, some bitumen on their tyres, and it was about an inch thick. And uh, so, what happened was these two service crew decided to take their their bosses Subaru for a run, headed down the mountain, and came around a corner just way too quick. Lost it, spun out, slammed into a tree, and ended up backwards down an embankment. And uh, that delayed us and made us sit, sit in the sun a lot longer. It, it did, <laughs> and we had they had no helmets on, no safety gear, no harnesses at all. Yeah. And one went up going to hospital for stitches in the head. Yeah, six stitches in yeah. one head, and yeah. the other one just missed the right corner of his eye, yeah. and another yeah. couple of stitches there. Very See, and the pity with those sort of issues is it stuffs it, stuffs it up for the rest of us at these events. It where, does. where fools do these stupid things and mm. bugger it up. Um, 
Well, that was only one. There's another one today. Yeah, that was one today. That was, yeah, that's a really nasty situation. And um, the, um, the father and son team in a uh, Porsche had oh, gone off. thinking about that one. No, well, that's actually, that was during the race. That was oh. like, they were actually... That's, yeah, that's that's right. Right. Well, See, as usual, I've got it wrong. You guys, <laughs> had, you guys had already in, gone. In, and it was transfer, yeah. in transfer stage. Coming back yeah. down, another, yeah. another, another one got off. 200 metres from the top and he understeered straight off the road. Let's rewind into what went wrong in the actual event themselves, themselves. I think on the uh, the Friday, the first run of the day, uh, Maia managed to throw his Evo 8 down the hillside oh, oh. in a big way. I caught up with him at the bar in the evening and I said, Maia, are you okay? And he went, I think I will approach my life differently from him. <laughs> and I went, well, I'll be around on Monday to take a bag of money. <laughs> <laughs> i got to tell you, because his oil well's just coming. I came up the hill and we were probably about eight or nine cars behind him. And... Uh, I came up the hill there, and where it was was a fast fourth gear in the in the GT3, and so you're probably doing 200, 220 yeah. coming up there. And I saw these two black skid marks that had gone straight off this cliff, yes. through the trees, yeah. and then down this cliff. And when we came back to have a look, he was 60 to 80 metres down the hill. Yeah, they had rolled three times mm. going over that cliff. Mm. And there was also another lotus down there as well. Yeah, and the lotus down there. Yeah, and he was first. He's followed the tide marks. I was talking about He's fixated on the tire marks, on the skid marks, and straight up. to put his own skid marks. I was talking to Mihir's navigator in the Friday night when we were on our way down the mountain ourselves. We stopped in to see, have a look. And she told me that she'd basically just crawled all the way up to the top of the back up to the road, Mm. basically just come up over the top in time to see the Lotus Exceeds come flying through and just basically skate straight past her and off the road. Yeah, well, that's 20 feet away. And Maya was still down in the car. I don't know whether where where he was. Apparently, talking to her, he got out of the car and got up to the road at a later point and was cheering everybody on. Yeah, well, that's one thing that people need to learn about this. And like, I've actually had a driver do that as well as. It's a hard thing when you do these things when people go off and you see the marks and it's, you know, you see them and you look and unfortunately sometimes when you look you follow and it's just, it happens. Mm. And one thing I've always told drivers, because I've had it happen to me, I've gone off the edge of mountains, you never ever climb back up the way you came down because somebody else may come exactly the same way, go as far off to either side where you can, walk up that way and do it that way because like I've been in one place where I was in what, New Zealand in the WRC round. I went off the mountain, there was already three cars underneath me, and I was the fourth, and same deal. You can't walk straight back up the other way. Not that I'm saying all the viewers are going to be doing this, but any of you that do happen to do this, don't walk back up the way you fell down. There was a classic incident like that on the mountain, on on that wet section. Yes. You came up and saw that too, didn't you, Gary? Yeah. Where Mm. the the Monaro had dropped, and I'm pretty sure it was a Monaro, and as John and I got to the spot, we could sort of see the corner on the crest. We'd come into the corner, here's three cars going virtually straight off, Side by side, pushed off the edge of the mountain. As John, as we looked down the road, John and I see this stream of oil coming straight down the road. So what they've done, they've done the same thing. They've fixed on the oil and just driven straight off the mountain. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. quite a common thing, and you know, it's that's it, an experience. It is hard to sort of see that on these surfaces because it gets a quite a sheen on it as yeah. the as the heat comes to it and it lifts up, so you can't even tell if it's wet. It's or probably last last year it was more it was inconsistent yeah, in the drip levels last year yeah. compared to this year. Yeah, what well, um, you're right. Last year the car I was in, we actually went off the road twice. First time in on yeah. arm code, second time in on a tree. 
Good thing um, you got a new driver this year. <laughs> yeah, well, well yeah. this year's been much better because we did manage to actually not bend the car at all and um, and keep it on the on the road the whole time, which good is job, always Jeff. a good start. Yeah, definitely. I'll tell you what, I think that's an interesting question. It's something I've always wanted to ask someone who's been the Pikes Peak. There must be some incredible stories of offs on that mountain. Yeah, there is. It's a. Uh, um, I have uh, one from my first year, actually, in 94, that um, lots of things at Pikes Peak look exactly the same, but they're not. And uh, I always tell the joke is that I came around this bend, and I three things simultaneously crossed my mind. This is Engineer's Corner. This is the first time I've ever gone into fifth gear this early at Engineer's Corner, and this is not Engineer's Corner. <laughs> so, so, you know, that's the problem with the place, is that there's corners that look identical, and they're as different as they could be. And I thought I was going into Engineer's, and I was going into a hairpin, and I've never left a course faster uh, than that. And uh, there's a lots of stories, certainly up in the W's, which is the part above the tree line, where people mistake the sweeping turns for the hairpin turns and they end up off there. For some reason, and I have no idea, when people do go off over the edge there, they end up on some rock somewhere a ways down that keeps them from going a thousand feet down. And, and uh, it's pretty phenomenal. And the number of times I've seen that where a car is literally just perched at one thing that caught it, it's amazing. And but the, in the W's where you're talking about, yeah. everybody is, knows the famous every vat and yeah. footage. Yeah. That's the part where he slides the tail off the yes. edge, where yes. he sits right on the edge of the right. swoop around. Right. And you think, a thousand foot over, and really, totally. people go over there and survive. Yep. Find yep. a rock and hang They, they do, down. and I don't know why it is, because literally I've seen uh, situations where it's just a rock that saved them from thousands of feet down. That's so. incredible. Have there been any fatalities at the event? It's, uh, you know, it's our second oldest race in America. Only the Indy 500 is older than it. And uh, I think there's been three car fatalities and two motorcycle fatalities in the history of the event. And just recently we had a car fatality, but it was in the bottom section, maybe the third corner yeah. in. So. Yeah. Well, now you can switch over and talk about the accident that happened this morning. Yeah, that uh, was amazing. I mean, you were more closest to it. I mean, you you could probably talk about what happened and what, the way you saw it. Let's start from the front end of the field, which is John and I. Um, we took off, and it's only probably one and a half came to the stage, so you're waiting for your tyres to warm up as normal. But the, the thing that surprised me was as I came out the corner, all I said to John was, I can't see anything because it was just sun straight in your eyes. So we yeah. just backed off, and yeah. I suppose... But the speed that we're coming at compared to the speed you guys are going at, what, what always fascinates me is why keep, guys keep going when you can't see what you're doing. Yeah, well... Yeah. How did you approach it when you came at Well, what happened with me this morning, and the same thing happened on the last run yesterday, it was we took off from the line, and Jeff, you'd know this, I had no steering at all. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was third, flat out in third gear, probably 180 k's. And just pulling into fourth, and I'm turning the steering wheel, and the yeah. thing is just pushing majorly until we got the tyres warmed up a little bit, and when we actually got it, got all the muck off our tyres. And so, as soon as I'd come through the first turn, which is a real easy right turn, yeah, you go that and, and, and you go through that flat out in third, and, and then hit a left hand turn in fourth, and you're flat out. And so, you're probably doing 210, 220 through that second turn. Um, we'd sort of I figured that it was too slippery to even push so too you, hard. You so I had backed, backed off, off yeah. and got on the brakes a fair bit. But these, the, the two limbs, and uh, they, they came into that corner pretty much on it because if you went by looking at where we were all standing after last night, 
I was only two seconds behind them in the standings, so they were actually 10th and I was in 11th place, and there was only two seconds separating us. And they knew I'd be pushing, and they were, and they were pushing, but anyway... Oh, they... That begs a question, too, where people that come into, into motorsport, particularly Tarmac Rally, it's, it's quite a serious sport because you hear of accidents, nobody wants to see it happen, but at the same time, it's all about age years experience where these days you can go out and buy and I object to guys that can go out and spend their two or three hundred grand on a GT3, do two rounds of Porsche Cup and go and run Targa or run up here flat stick with professional guys like yourself. Exactly. Well, I tell you what happened last year. You're calling him professional? Oh, sorry. Well, Linda will know all about this because last year we ran Rally Taz and it was my first year ever in a Tarmac Rally. And we got through all the days, and I was giving Linda and Warwick Brooklyn heaps. I was just... He was. And every time we'd stop at a stage, every time we'd stop at a stage, I'd, uh, I'd have a go at them and say, I'm catching you, I'm catching you. And we were. We were, we were closing in on them. Yeah, we you were. You were giving me a bit of worry. But we were, we were six seconds behind in the last stage, coming into the last stage. Smart yeah, but then in, in, in defence of that, because I'm having a go at the guys that go out there and don't have the experiences... Here's a guy that's driven Utes two years away. Was it one year? One years? year in Utes. One year in, in about Utes this year. 20 years of motocross. 20 years of motocross. So that combined experience doesn't need to be necessarily a rally car, but oh, understanding absolutely. what motorsport's all about no. too. But, uh, I mean, where I went off was apparently a pretty notorious place. Yeah, and, it wasn't. And there was supposed to be a double caution sign on that area, oh, and it, was, it had been knocked down already, so we didn't get to see that. But um, So we went into the trees at 140. But um, and so we never got to catch them, by the way. But <laughs> Thank I've, God. I've, I've caught up to it today. And oh, well and truly. Yeah, so <laughs> we won't say caught up. Yeah. Just like well, you know, I hate to point this out, but before the last run, um, Mark and John were ahead of Linda. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Let's not go there. Let's not just counting. So, <laughs> I understand what you're saying, Mark. Totally, and because and I, I, I reflect on the early days of Targa in the first. I did the first six, and in the first two events, helmets and roll cages weren't compulsory. Yeah. And we were driving those roads flat stick. Mm. Yeah. It was amazing, and that was the the start of the history of real tarmac rallying right. in Australia, where the rules were slowly developed and, and sort of evolved over the years. Yeah. But even at that level, there were some absolutely unbelievable yeah. sights that I saw. Well, you got to remember, though, that these two Lynn guys, like the father of the guys, uh, he has Cup, Cup car experience. So he's, oh, so he was experienced. He's, he's driven yeah. Porsche Drivers Challenge, and he's got a bit, fair bit of experience in racing yeah. there. But, I mean... He would have been put under a fair bit of pressure because of the time yeah, difference. Yeah, you pull the gas Yeah, and, and so yeah. because he was the slower of the two drivers, because the sun was a little bit quicker, yeah. he was pushing it, and, yeah. and he's gone sideways off the road at I would say 160, 180 into a tree. Yeah. And luckily, they had a great cage in that car because they've. Well, one yeah, of the wrap up on the story was. They, they were doing 9.11.4 was their best time. So there was their fastest time was this morning's stage. Oh no, sorry. No, yes, no, no. Yesterday, yesterday afternoon, afternoon yeah, was, uh, yesterday. Was, it was. And when I got to the bottom of the mountain, like, a couple of the uh, scrutineers who actually were down there when the car came out, they said it took them about an hour and a half to cut him. They had to cut him out of the cage because it was banging up pretty bad and yeah. around. 
and the point that I think Peter uh, Fitzgerald made was a Kevlar door. Yeah. So we all know, same as off-road racing, it's, it's all the bits of debris that come flying into cars. Exactly. Well, those carbon fibre doors, you're actually not supposed to be running them. Yeah. No, and then, and you break that stuff, it's like a racing well, it, it is, it's yeah. just sheds in shards. And yeah. I mean, Jeff, you know yeah. all about that sort of stuff. And, and really, one of the things that... Um, the difference between gravel and asphalt is that on gravel you're driving past that point of slip all the time. Mm. So when things go wrong, they typically slow down. Mm. When you're driving asphalt, and when you make a mistake and something goes wrong, everything accelerates. You know, you've broken that That's limit right. of adhesion, yep. and suddenly gravity, inertia, everything takes over, yeah. and it's big because of yeah. it. And you can't lose sight that on a tarmac event like this, you're on a rally road. You are. You know, you're doing exactly without the, the protection thing. that you have on a road course. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, have, you don't yeah. have any of the runoff areas. Yeah. No. Or any of that yeah. sort of stuff. Nothing so at all. You know, some of the guys yeah. may be used to on circuits. Mm. How much tarmac have you got at Pikes Peak? Currently, uh, about five and a half miles at the bottom, and the balance of it is, you know, the seven miles at the top, which is kind of the reverse of what you'd like it for mm. tires. Yeah. Is that you know you're kind of saving your tires on the tarmac, and then you're yeah, hoping that you have enough tires left for the for the gravel at the top. But it's not gravel; it is really a hard, hard packed dirt. That if on good weather days. It, you literally have a black groove mm. through there. Yeah, You're sliding yeah. and doing that, but you have a good grip. And yeah. to, to make a point, in 1994, the entire run was gra was dirt. Now, today, two, a third of it is paved, and we still are not going faster. Yeah. You know, my open class record stayed till just a couple years ago. Rod Millen's record still stands. All of these records uh, started in 1994 on a perfect day, yes. but a total dirt yeah. surface. Yeah. Mm. Jeff, yeah. Jeff, can I ask you what sort of car you broke that open class record in? Um, it was an interesting car. Uh, at that time, I was rallying in the United States a Carrera 4 lightweight, mm -hmm. which had all the Perry Dakar running gear, which meant you had torque split, uh, knobs inside, front to rear, side to side, all the trick stuff on it. And they, Porsche Motorsport loaned me an IMSA motor, which was the road racing series at that time, 550 horsepower motor. We put it in my car that normally had 300 horsepower, <laughs> and we light, took everything we possibly could out of that car and ran it up the hill with 550 horsepower. And the Perry Dakar transmission is a short gearbox, so it has a 200k maximum speed, which is perfect for Pikes Peak. And that car, you know, with a full dirt surface went nearly a minute faster than my car that I drive now. And how many revs of that motor pull? That motor was rev, redlined at 8,500 because it was a turbocharged motor. Okay. So, yeah. so what was the weight of the car, did you say, what the weight of the car was? Uh, it was Carrera 4 lightweight, which, you know, in kilo, I can tell you it was like 2,600 pounds is what it weighed. Okay, so. who's doing the math? God, quick, what's that quick, now? Quick, oh, 2,600 pounds. 2.2 uh, kilos. Yeah, probably about 1,250 kilos. Which is very, very light. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. And all, you know, all plexi windows, wow. everything so what, on that. In, what do you consider out of all the cars, if you had a possibility, what would be the best car to bring to more, to be competitive at what you'd like to see yourself drive? Well, the last car I ran at Pikes Peak is essentially what Jim Richards ran, runs here. Yeah. I found that that car at Pikes Peak, because of the dirt and the hairpins, which a two-wheel drive car, is about a second and a half per mile slower than my four-wheel drive Porsche. Mm -hmm. So I guess that. I'm a fan of four-wheel drive. That's a GT2, yeah, by the way. GT2, yeah. correct. And, and so I'm a fan of four-wheel drive, so I would probably still want to come here with one of the 996 yeah. you know, four-wheel drive cars. But 
as you guys may know, we're Porsche will have a new turbo this September, yeah. and uh, it will be all-wheel drive, and it'll be a pretty cool car. So I got to tell you that if all-wheel drives didn't fare very well this uh, no, this weekend, yeah. no. I mean, and it's probably getting the condition of that road because it was just yes. yeah. yeah every run we're all sort of going well what are we going to be driving on now yeah exactly and it was similar it's not like yeah. bike people we still start on the bike yeah. guessing what was really going on yeah. get on the top and, no that's true yeah. but there is a certain degree I can tell you between jumping at at Pikes Peak. To sit in a car that was exactly the same, sit down in it and feel exactly, exactly the same as the 996 yes. car yeah. that I drove, and it's a GT2, and I leave the line and go, whoa, what has yeah. happened exactly. here? Yeah. There's a difference in that confidence level that uh, the all-wheel drive, even though it's a minor torque split to the front wheel in a Porsche, it still gives you that confidence in the yes. high-speed mm-hmm. stuff. So, yeah. so in, at Bikes Bike, you not only have cars, but you've got bikes, but you've also got quads. You've yeah, quads, you've got semi-trucks. Well. <laughs> so oh. You've got open wheelers, and the open wheelers are kind of ruling the mountain these days because uh, <laughs> the days of Tajima with the Suzuki and Rod Millen with the, the uh, Toyota, that doesn't really exist in Pikes Peak anymore. So um, the open wheelers, basically old Indy cars with big wings or... Um, uh, Atlantic cars uh, with big wings, they're doing very well now. They're very lightweight, very nimble, two-wheel drive, but they put big wings on it, lots of downforce. So, um, going back to if they're using an Indy car, I mean, Indy cars are only like, you know, 60 mil off the road. I yeah. mean, two, two and a half, three inches off the road. How do they go with the... They put, them, they put them up higher, up higher to some degree, but that's what I've been telling people here this weekend is that you shouldn't look at Pikes Peak as a rally road. Mm. You know, it is not a rally road. It's basically a dirt right. <laughs> paved road that is mm. super, super smooth. You have washboard in it like you would in places, but that's the worst of it. Yeah, yeah. So. When is the event held, Jeff? Uh, it traditionally had been held on the 4th of July, and uh, currently it's held the uh, weekend just after 4th of July, or the weekend just before, depending on the schedule of when that weekend of 4th of July hits. So, lands, yeah. Yeah. so for the Aussies who have now got a bit of a bug and who want to come over and uh, look at Pikes Peak and see how it goes, um, where would uh, where would they stay? Where, mate, where's, your, where's your recommendation? Well, if you come over there, you want to stay in Colorado Springs and probably the best place because the mountain is a ways away from the race headquarters. The Antlers Hotel, which is in downtown Colorado Springs, is the race headquarters, and it's great to stay there because you want to keep track of everything. Cool. So yeah. you booking our room now? Yeah. <laughs> Peter Washington, the event director. Matt's been under a lot yeah, of pressure yeah, yeah, okay. and stress. Hello, Peter. How are you going? Yeah, not bad. But I was just saying before that I've never seen three guys who run an event who look like totally relaxed and just had fun. <laughs> oh, comatose. Is that what it is? Yeah. So how's it going? From I think from the competitor's point of view, it sort of looked like it was going smoothly. From our end, it was like a shamozel. Yeah, it looks like it. Actually, while I've got you here, Pete, I actually had a suggestion yesterday to try to help with alleviating these problems with the roads and how it breaks up. Yep. And you know, which does create carnage, as we know. And Rex Broadbent was the one that actually came up to me and ran the idea past me and asked me what did I think. And I personally think it's a brilliant idea. So let's run it past you. His and theory, the viewers. And the viewers. And you guys can you know email in and let us know what your theories are about it if you wish. His understanding, you know, idea about it was start us early in the morning, say 6.30. We have three runs. That's it. So we're done by the heat of the day. We let the tourists go up. So the upside of this is we're finished by lunchtime. We're up here having a nice little barbie. We get to see the tourists. Vice versa, they've already seen us. If maybe with, you know, timing and restrictions with the roads, whatever, I don't know, this is an option, 
maybe one run at six o'clock in the evening because in the east coast here we're on daylight saving so we're not dark usually till 8 39 if not just leave it but running it that way you're actually getting nine runs as opposed to eight we're using the road in the coolest time of the day so hopefully with this time of year that you have to have the event this could help alleviate the problem of the road and also the damage that we do to the road because you know someone's got to pay for this well hoping hopefully the damage will result in the road being resurfaced properly yeah well <laughs> that you would know, be good. like that would be great but we can't turn around and say to them no. listen we want this nice hot there's, also, up there's here. also economic concerns here I'm, I'm just concerned about uh, we put this show this on for the spectators as well and if we put it on super early and keep the road closed till 12 well, and there's I nothing for them to see the yeah. issue because I, I asked a few of the camps people today when we were down the bottom and their issue was, you've got to remember, there's 170 volunteers on the mountain. Yeah. They all have to be sort of put together and put on the mountain. And that all happens before we get there. But that I've got to tell you, it is not going to that. make one iota a difference they'll if it's that early. They'll still get up. Yeah, they'll yeah. still... Look, they everyone will get up. Turn up at 4 o'clock, they'll turn up. We got yeah. out there at 8 o'clock this morning and the road was slicker than hell. Mm. I mean, that road was treacherous this morning. Yeah. We and and it did not make one no. iota difference whether it was cool or warmer or anything. Yeah, yeah, it's just the bitumen was that chopped up yeah. and it was that slippery. I, we pulled the wheels off last night off my GD3 and the bitumen was just melted onto the springs. It was just dripping. Yeah. If you yeah. can imagine bitumen just dripping and hanging off. Yeah, it's like someone sprayed the underside that, of the That's car. what it's like. Yeah. And if you look at all the four-wheel drive cars out there, all the backs of their cars are coated in thick bitumen. It's like yeah. running your hand across sandpaper. Mm. It, it's just it, it's just the surface of the road. No, the, the, How the, did the change of um, format this year, where before we used to come up, where we've come up early on the Thursday, do you think the format that helped the, crowd, the crowds come <coughs> in and the people, was it harder? I think it was harder. I'm, I, look, I also think there's a factor here of, of the weather, the heat. The bushfires combined mm. with that, I think a lot That's of people stayed away. Um, I'm thinking about a different format. I'm thinking about actually running just three runs a day, three, three, two. It's great. Um, and maybe just having, instead of uh, a prologue down in Mansfield, I don't know whether this is going to go across well or not, but maybe just one run up the hill in the morning before the th before the three runs on the first day, and we bring it back. Bring it back to it. Yeah, we've got to go up the hill yeah, anyway, haven't we? That's anyway, right. So. Well, we'll bring it back to a three-day format and and compact it all up here and. Uh, Less running around for everyone, um, but I'll, I'm, look, I'm, I'm going to try and re, re, rejig it so on board. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to rejig it so we don't we don't need the spectators. Well, ooh, ooh, not need no. the spectators, but we're not yeah. relying on them yeah, to, to, exactly. for revenue. These these six thirty starts, mate. They play they play havoc havoc. You don't get in the four o'clock What do you mean getting to bed? I saw you getting it. Going straight from uh, what was it, Avalanche or something? Oh, mate, well, well, you see, sure. we, I heard about the Red Bull girls. We had the Red Bull girls yeah. the other night. Oh, oh, you had the Red Bull girls. <laughs> they couldn't stop buying us drinks. It was just, it was excellent. We were up at, uh, at Uncle Pat's. In fact, Uncle Pat's is, is really uh, a great place. Yeah, it's a very good place to go uh, because <laughs> you can't pay for anything. Because like, they just want to give you everything for nothing. You can't give them any money. So it's cost us a fortune to have dinner in. Pete, I've got a, I've got a, got a little suggestion for you, and have a, have a think about this one. For the prologue, yep. we get in the cars, we race to the top of the mountain. Yep. Okay. But the co-drivers have got to drive it. 
That's a good idea. Okay, get to the top of the mountain. You got to jump on mountain bikes. The drivers have got to jump on the mountain bike. Yes. Got to go down the mountain bike trail oh, all yes. the way. No, to... first you got to run to the summit to the fire hut. Well, no, no, no. no. I was going to do the last run back down to where we parked the cars. <laughs> to the, to the <laughs> cars, and then you get on the luge. Yeah, you're just being straight luge. Hang on, hang on, hang on. This no, I think you're only allowed to do one section. I like that. Yeah, totally for the mountain bike. But this is all leading into what we're doing next year anyway. We're going to run next year. Games up here, but the weekend before this, I hope. Oh yes, I'll which be is on street that. luge and, and mountain bikes and half bikes. Yeah, it would be, yeah. and it, we, that way we can keep a lot of stuff up here that we could use the following weekend. Mark, now what's going to happen with the two rack tractors? I don't know what they're going to do that, John. Yeah, you know, you said that this place is, can be. Yeah, a bit the two rack boys won't take them over their mountain for a week or two weeks. So we I, I think we need to do a bit of work with the locals too, because the, some of the restaurants. They need to open no, stay open I, a little this is a big, this was I, I bought this up uh, during the winter up here because this happened last year. And, oh, yes, we're going to open this. We're going to, and, and nothing happened. They make happened. too much money. That's it. No, they make no. too much money. I'll tell you what. I mean, I'm sorry, but boy, they bloody well charge. Oh, I tell you what, yeah. I'm that's the, the reason why I didn't... Uh, we had a, a place last year that we used as our base, and I'm not, we didn't use it this year because they actually doubled their room rates. Oh, yeah, oh, but yeah. not just the rooms, but the food charges. Look, while we're... While we're, while we're but while anyway, we're it's all yeah. part of it. We can't... We well, what do you care? You go to your neighbour's place to eat anyway. Did you see? Yeah, yeah. So you need to get him on side to pull the That's right. This is the biggest event they have. Some single. This is the biggest single event they have. Summer or winter. Yeah. Do you get your people to talk to their people and yeah. all sorts yeah. of stuff? But while we're, right. while we're talking about food, you know, it's important to realise that the show isn't just about motorsport and a reverent look at it and gadgets. It's also about barbecue. So, uh, Jeff, you've been a dab hand with the barbecues back home. You've been yeah. putting a, a few shrimps on the barbecue. Since we've got about uh, two meters of snow at home, we don't <laughs> yeah, spend a lot of time out barbecuing right now. But yeah, I'm pretty handy on the barbecue. What's your favourite dish? Uh, chicken. Chicken like on the barbecue. Yeah, so. Any specific way? Just put the chicken fillet on, or just, uh, just load it up with barbecue sauce and keep turning it around till that barbecue so like, sauce gets like all the juice in. Yeah. Guess yeah, what we got like up top there for you? <laughs> Sounds good. Hickory chicken. Yep. Oh, you know oh. we're not doing chicken and lamb. <laughs> no, yeah, we nearly Johnny did the amazing lamb roast last night, and I was in deep trouble because I didn't turn up. Yep, you were. Yeah, but he bought the lunch, bought the dinner to you. I went down to the car this morning. Like we've gone, driven down the mountain to do the first run, and I've gone off to get coffee, and I've walked back, and there's so many people around the car, and I couldn't quite work it out. And John's gone. I think you should go over your car. I've walked over my car, and on the bonnet is a leg of lamb. Cooked, mind you, thank goodness. Um, with the, with the, with the Yeah, with the carving knife and everything there set up for him. And he's turned around and goes, well, there's your dinner that you didn't turn up for. You don't get that in Pikes Peak. No. No, no you don't. No, I've ne actually never seen any sort of meat on a hood. Did you see mine today? <laughs> <laughs> I had the uh, lamb well, roast today. Well, that can be taken away. <laughs> <the table, right? laughs> I wasn't going to touch that one. Yeah, we'll move right along there. So what else? So I just want to quickly go through, just, just, just go through everybody, just so when you're not racing cars and, and, and hanging around petrol fumes, what do you do? What do you do all the time, Pete? Frequent massage parlors. Okay, happy endings? Okay. Funny story about that. <laughs> I'll tell you later. Okay. <laughs> Steve, when well, you're not navigating? When I'm not navigating, or at home with the family or working as an engineer. Actually, I should come back to that. I, I don't frequent that. He's going to bring his tracks. Back it up, Pete. I do a bit of importing um, from Asia. Anything yeah. specific or we won't go there? Maybe we should get together and talk. 
Oh, what? Okay, fine. I have a bit of a clothing shoe fetish. She's, she's <laughs> a bit of a shoe fetish. <laughs> a shoe fetish girl. Right. Jeff, oh, okay. uh, I, I know well, you've, you've told me a couple of things you've been doing, but I uh, noticed you've got some goodies for iPods. I went, yeah, you know, when, when you have a problem with your iPod, up. I'm traveling, you know, maybe 10,000 miles from home, but I've got something for you to fix your life there. But I direct television commercials, and in preparation for next year's event, I uh, mountain bike as much as I can. So uh, that's my side life. Uh, mountain biking is a big thing at Pikes Peak too, isn't it? Yes, it yeah, is. It's it huge. Is. Yeah. It's uh, more downhill than uphill, thank goodness. <laughs> well, you, have you seen the trails here at Bullard? I, I saw the guys in town today, and I was talking to them, and they said there's some great there's stuff here. There's really yeah. good trails. Yeah. So maybe you should yeah. try yeah. them this afternoon. I got so much sleep at this event, I'm ready to ride. Well, yeah, have a few <laughs> drinks down, go for a ride. <laughs> hey, mate, there is a record worth trying to break on that downhill on the mountain bike. Oh, really? Yeah, there's a guy there that I think he holds a, a 13 or 14 minute record from really? the top to the bottom straight down. Wow. Wow. How many, what, broken bones did you see? No, no, no. <laughs> I don't know whether bones. I'd want to ride down the pavement after all the cars came up. No, 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 this is down the trail. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Gaz, what are you up to when you're not uh, racing oh, cars or um, dirt bikes or flying bikes. bombs on an IBAC from, uh, from Tasmania in your private jet? Which I'm really yeah. jealous about after I heard about that. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, we, well, um, we like that. We like we're we're shop fitters and we travel all over Australia. We, we do a lot of work. So, um, But most of the time when I've got a bit of free, free spare time, we like to go up. Yildon, which is not far down the road here, and go skiing because mm. we're, we're big water skiers and we just love to be on the lake all the time. And just to put in a little word for Performance Marine, our uh, sponsors here, I just better throw that in. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, don't uh, plug anything you like. Yeah. In fact, plug your own business. And, which and, is uh, NG, Rain City Industries. Rain builds. City Industries, we're shop fitters. And yeah. NGK Spark Plugs for giving us all our plugs for the race season last year. I'll look over there. Mark's finding something useful to do. Oh, and Hot Lap. <laughs> i got to thank Hot Lap, too. Come on, Hot Lap. Oh, yeah. What is that Hot Lap about? Hot Lap Can you take a photo of us all? so much this weekend. Can you take a photo of us all? There we go. That, that's Jeff over there, the barbecue king. <laughs> you're all posing beautifully here. Well, Linda, finally, when you're at WRCing or coming just one place better than us, what are you doing? Did she have one place better than us? Yeah, she had to, didn't she? <laughs> you know me, I've always got to be better than you. Well, I suppose we should just quickly, just what before we go... We're not going to go with hey, better go to the top before ten. Before we go up to our... Actually, I'm not going to do the top ten. I'm going to let Jeff do the top yeah. ten. Jeez, yeah. I can't do it. Uh, uh, can we do it like... Uh, what's his name? Uh, yeah, yeah. Drum roll started. Letterman style. Ten, number ten. Okay. Number ten. So do we number start ten. at number ten, then? So, in number tenth position is Bullis and... Pinkle, but uh, the fastest time at the mountain, Rex came second in that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he got yeah, an 8.57 eight yeah. 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 there, which was pretty After good. last year's effort, he's, he's really pulled his finger out. But I tell you, that car is quick. And yeah. he's That's a very good. talented driver, he's done a lot. <laughs> and in eighth position is Cummins and Alp driving a Porsche GT3 Cup. Oh, Chris yeah. Alp, yeah, lovely, did very, eh? very well. And i got to say that in seventh position, I was actually never expected I would see a brand new Lamborghini being driven up a mountain, and that's white and white. Uh, Jason, Jason and John. John. Yeah. 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 Very experienced campaign. Yep. Getting uh, a hand on the Lamborghini. More of a show for your ears. That was a very good uh, sound. Not one, but two Lamborghinis. Yep. And that car will go faster as the year goes yep. on. Mm. That was very good. And in sixth is Weeks and Crunkington, Crunkhorn. Yeah. Yep. 
And then in fifth is Beaumont and Cole driving a Mitsubishi uh, Evolution. I've got to say, that yes. is an exceptional effort in an Evo 6. It is. Yeah, very, I'm so uh, jealous. Very, very good. Very good. And he got his quickest lap. And he did it last year as well. Six yeah, he was, was very good last year. Mm. Yeah, very good. And then fourth. Is Vandersay and McCullough? No, that's oh, the right. Yeah. So, yeah. And the Skelter? And the Skelter, which I was very impressed with. Uh, somebody actually had built that because it's very nicely done. <laughs> it's the most ugly scale I've ever seen. Well, what did you mean by nice? <laughs> I, I, like, I, I have a carbon fiber weakness. Let me just say. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It looks like, it looks <laughs> like I won't say what the nose looks like on that. <laughs> okay. anyway. And then in third is Heritage. And Hayes driving a Subaru Impreza. Yeah, Subaru looks good. Very good. They look quick every day. And second is Quinn and Wen driving a Porsche Turbo. Always the bridesmaids. Mr. VIP pick. And drum The number one car at the Porsche Mount Buller Sprint is Richards and Oliver driving a Porsche GT2. Yeah, well done. Very, very quick, and their fastest lap, fast, fastest lap, fastest time Nine. up the mountain was an 8.45.9. And that was equaling his time from last year. Yeah, yeah. i got to tell you, the, the next nearest time was Rex Broadbent in an 8.57, and I mean, that's, that's, that's 12 seconds. Time in that car, that's basically a kit car. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, so oh, it's not well, made by yeah. manufacturers such as No, but it's not a kit car. It's got a 3.27 in it. Yeah, but you're talking about engineering against, you know, full factory, yeah. you know, 600 million. Budget stuff. That's a pretty good effort. Well, yeah. And the skelter's another one. You know, the skelter's a, yeah. a guy. Well, that, that skelter's got a little Honda falling. Yeah. Amazing. Cylinder thing is. It's a rocket. All right. Well, so. look, uh, everybody. Thanks for uh, stopping in for episode 15 and a half of the Radio Hot Lap. Uh, viewers, uh, like it, listeners. don't like it, listeners, whatever. Whatever. Radiohotlap.com. Tell us what you think. Send money, love, whatever. And also plug Mount Buller Sprint. Oh, Mount Buller Sprint. Oh, well, I just came in late. I don't know. www.mountbullersprint.com. Is there a link? Is there a link? Yeah, there will be. And also, also, well, look, many thanks to Hotlap too, and John and and Mark for 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 redesigning our website and getting it up and running properly. And I think you'll all be amazed about what they've done. You've got to go and uh, hand chicken and lamb out. Chicken, chicken, chicken. Hold on, Peter. Thank you. Thanks, Peter. And just uh, just as we wind it up, uh, just like to thank everybody, Steve, for for stopping by. And, and uh, put on a great navigation performance there. Well done, Steve. Good work. Good work. Yeah, did a great job. For Navigated me. your way down here perfectly. <laughs> oh, I must have done something right because we didn't crash. And what's yeah. going to bring back next year? Oh, oh. We'll, we'll, we'll let him have the last word on the show. Uh, Gav? Yes. Thanks for stopping in on the show and uh, oh, trying to run me over a couple of times. Yeah, no problem. I uh, look forward to seeing you in Group in the Clips of 500 as you, uh, you bring will. your Mustang out. In the Bianchi Muscle oh. Car Series. Everybody I'll be there. there for that one, you will be down there for that. We'll be having a Radio Hot Lap show down there with those huge uh, ribeyes. And uh, Jeff, you're welcome to come along if you're back in the country. Uh, Linda, uh, see you. Have a nice time in, in Sweden. It'll be cold. But and I wonder what shoes I'll find over there. Uh, see you, Longy. And uh, Jeff, well, thanks for making the time to, to come on the show. No, really. it's great. And we do hope to see a few competitors here come over to uh, Pikes Peak. You can yeah, be gosh. sure that Linda and I will be over there to eat buffalo wings and uh, <laughs> celery in ranch dressing and we'll be looking forward to you. So just let's talk a portion, get some springs out. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks for, thanks for making time and uh, see you, viewers. Bye. 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 Cheers.